Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Tech Central. How you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes. Welcome to Tech Radio. For 10 years, the number one Irish tech podcast, bringing you the latest in tech from around Ireland and across the world. Remember, as well as our show on air with RTE and online via the website or your favourite podcasting app, we keep you bang up to date on all things tech every day with hourly updates and daily newsletters, which you can grab for free at techcentral.ie. Joining me, as always, is Niall Kitson. Uh, lots going on in the news, Niall. It's, mm. it's almost... I think, I think the first thing I'd like to go is air because we have this national broadband plan and it's, everybody dropped out of it and then it's really contentious then there's one person left and now everybody wants to get back in again I know one person wants to get back in again and it's 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 a bit sneaky if you ask me um, <laughs> so uh, where we where we left things um, Granham McCourt were awarded preferred bidder status and they said we can do this for 2.7 billion mm-hmm uh, Air came out during the week and said, do you know what? We can do it for a billion. That's it. And you know what? If you asked us before nicely, we, we probably would, but we can definitely do it for a billion. And there are a couple of interesting reasons why, because it's not that, you know, they can deliver everything that was in the tender for a billion. It's that once you strip away some terms and conditions, they can do it for a billion. All right. And then also possibly the fact that they've been running at their own network in the meantime anyway yes. quite possibly helps. And this this really is – actually, do you know what? It just goes to show what a moving target technology is because this national broadband plan started when? 2011. And look at how the, everything has changed. Yeah. And it was originally budgeted at, what, 300 million or something like something that? Something like that, yeah. Like it was peanuts compared to what it is now. But here's some of the uh, excuses, uh, or rather things that, you know, <laughs> Air said, we can we can do it if. Okay, right? go on, go on. There, there are new terms and conditions. Uh, apparently, the standard of customer service that the government were looking for was unreasonable, uh, according to them. So they said, you know what, if you let us scale back on some of the customer service things, that's fine because what you're looking for basically is to have, uh, you know, maintenance teams all over the country potentially doing nothing most of the time. Um, so if you just, you know, adopt our model of sending people out whenever uh, and they mightn't be based, you know, in county or in the town or whatever, but, you know, you, you'll wait and you'll get somebody and they'll 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 fix it up. And um, that sounds reasonable. Now, it sounds reasonable the way they framed it. If yeah, un- until you're the one who's sitting in Donegal and your internet yes. is gone and then they're going, well, have somebody at, at you on Tuesday week? Yes, mm. yes. So point number two, uh, and thank you to uh, the Irish Independent for doing the legwork on this. Air um, uh, is also saying, do you know what? Maybe we don't need to connect as many properties as uh, as we think we do. I mean, initially 520k was the uh, was the target. I said, do you know what? Um, no, we, do, we don't need to connect that many because... Um, you know, all this other stuff has been happening over here, as as you alluded to. Um, we've got, you know, we've been rolling out our own network and that's nice. But we've also got these places, and they're talking about ghost estates, basically, um, places that potentially have all the infrastructure that you need. Um, there's just nothing there at the moment. We don't need to connect that. The market will look after itself. We're going to shave that off, Right. Which is quite an interesting thing to say. Okay, yeah, that right. is. The, you know, I, I don't know that this this whole "we'll do it for a billion doesn't look as attractive as it sounded. It really doesn't. <laughs> it's, it's like if we if we do half as much as you have asked the preferred bidder to do, <laughs> we can deliver it. 
<laughs> you know? What, uh, else, what else have they said? So, uh, oh, and this is a good one. Because <laughs> one, of our, one, of our, um, one of the broadband wholesalers that we are most impressed with is Syro, mm. uh, which is the Vodafone ESB joint venture, because... Very simply, every single home has got electric wires and cables going into it, and they carry their internet along those very same electric wires and cables. And who owns the infrastructure? Uh, it's the ESB. Yes, we do. We do. Uh, which is fantastic. However, one of the worst decisions in the history of st- the state was to sell off Aircom because who owns the network? Uh, not us. Yeah, not us. <laughs> they do. And they get to decide what to do with it. And part of that network, of course, is, you know, ducts and poles and all this sort of thing. And as part of the uh, National Broadband Plan tendering process or the bidding, uh, the preferred bidder thing, uh, uh Basically, Grant Hammer Court would have to be renting space and the usage of telephone poles and ducts from Aircom or Air. Right? Ah. Once you take that away, all of a sudden you get to shave off 900 million euro off the bill because Air will just go, hey, we've, we've got this stuff already. We can do it for you. No problem. Because they're going to be doing it anyway. Because they're going to be doing it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, once once you do look into things, you go, yeah, do you know what? Oh, how Irish is that? that, that it's, that's it's all a, I can say. It's interesting. Yeah. The, other, the other interesting story that uh, I, I saw you with is, again, with the government, mm-hmm. is they, they're looking for one of their departments to regulate social media. Yeah. They want somebody, anybody, and one crowd has stepped up. Uh, well, it's not somebody, anybody. It, uh, the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland have stepped up and they said, yes. We are putting a proposal together on how we could uh, regulate social media. Now, they're not the only government department to have done it, but they're particularly good at the PR, so they were the first ones out to say uh, we're going to do it. But do you think, do you think it's even possible? Um, hmm. Here's, here, here's an interesting, um, um, I don't want to say a counterpoint, but illustration of how it might work. Okay. Right? Go on. Um, there is a case just being decided this week, uh, in Australia and, Basically, what has happened is that publishers using platforms like Facebook, like YouTube, et cetera, et cetera, right, um, have been successfully sued for defamation by a gentleman, not because of the platforms themselves, not because of YouTube, not because of Facebook, but because of the newspaper titles and media outlets using those platforms who allowed defamatory comments to appear beside their content. And his argument was that those comments are defamatory. You own those comments. You should have pre-moderated them. And then you would have protected yourself. So this is like a newspaper run a story. And then they will have Facebook comments beneath that story. And somebody within the Facebook comments will say that shower are defamatory, defamatory, defamatory. And now he's he's winning. And he won. Oh, my God. Right. So all of a sudden, you've got a a mechanism for regulating Mm. social networks through... Conventional media. Now, coming back to Ireland and the Broadcasting Mm. Authority of Ireland, you see, the same thing almost would happen with the Joe Duffy show, which we're all very familiar with and Mm -hmm. people like to give out and da-da-da. And that is the same thing as Joe Duffy interviewing somebody who has a problem Mm. with whatever company they usually do. Mm. And then it's the callers following that going, yeah, Joe, I had the same problem and they told me blah de blah. Yeah. It's It's essentially the same thing. Yeah. So maybe there is some sense into somebody moderate Mm. see once you tie it into the publishers then it becomes an issue but if it's Mm. still a person to a person talking on the platform ah and that's where the difference is that's the difference and you know if if you're using if you're using Facebook as a platform you can't moderate the comments on Facebook because it's not your platform to moderate them 
Uh, that's so a newspaper would say right now. Because <laughs> I do remember that. Uh, we were very, very cagey when the, when, when the internet was being born in Ireland in the yeah. mid-90s and, uh, and I was in RT at the time. Uh, one of the things was, you know, message boards and comments and people could say anything mm. and everything. And I was like, well, what if somebody does say mm. something? And kind of the policy was, well, just don't have the comments open because we can't leave ourselves open to yeah. that. And then there was another side of it that said, well, yes, and if something defamatory is said, it's monitored and it's taken down as soon as possible. We yeah. seem to be kind of a happy Mm. Uh, a halfway house but the fact if somebody makes the comment using their Facebook account and it can't be changed by the publisher that's mm. a whole hmm and then do we really want the, is that the kind of stuff we would prefer to see handled by the civil courts or is that the kind of stuff we would like to see a government department come in and lay down the law well who do you, who do you think is going to be able to move quicker oh that's, uh, that, do you know what from my experience mm. neither yeah, well, that's that's the trick, really, because mm. these things move so, so quickly. Um, I mean, one thing that we did see with the um, Anacrasial trial, uh, and we're seeing it this week, is that um, Facebook and Twitter uh, and uh, journalists this week, uh, as soon as a court order was breached, all of a sudden, you know, people were in court the following day yes. being asked to explain themselves. Yes. So I think when something high profile happens... Mm-hmm. I think the system moves very quickly. Uh, and it can do. And it was absolutely quite right to do it in that case. And mm-hmm. I, I, there has been other groundbreaking cases here with Facebook and social media where people have put up. Uh, actually, do you know what? I, I know exactly the case I'm thinking of, but I'm not going to repeat because <laughs> that, that wouldn't be clever. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm moderating myself live as we speak. Very good. Um, but it was something a case of uh, something happened and somebody put a picture up online of, the, of this particular event and claimed it was a certain person. Mm who happened to be in another country at the time. But that yeah. person, by the time they got back and found out about it, of course, it was all over the internet and it had been caught. And once it gets out there, you know yourself, mm. it's out there. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Do you know what? I, I, I think it's very, very interesting times that we live in because things are changing so fast and you're trying to keep up and the law is trying to keep up and society itself is trying to keep up. And that actually is a lot to do with our interview this week. <laughs> that is an excellent segue, Dusty, and you are entirely correct. <laughs> because it, uh, I'll introduce it now, really. Uh, because it's like talking about social networks, which we are. We're not celebrating innovations as much as worrying about new ways to have our privacy compromised. Uh, you know, that's either the data that you give to a social network or by cyber attacks that are taken against the, the social network itself. Uh, you know, we might use Facebook or Twitter, LinkedIn every day, but we certainly don't trust them. And we've seen that uh, completely this year. Helios, a project based at the ADAPT Centre for Digital Content Research, is looking to tackle that problem by offering an alternative to social networks as we know them. Now, Kitson spoke with the project leader, Kevin Coidle, to find out more. Kevin, I guess it's fair to say that it's um, if you were to play good year, bad year with social media, it's definitely been a bad year. Yeah, I I don't think I would have said yes about three months ago. Um, but now I think it's turned a bit because the events that happened uh, at the beginning of the year, specifically data leaks and uh, meddling with uh, democratic systems and so forth, um, has increased the public's awareness so much that now most social media companies are completely changing the way they communicate their platforms. Like the word privacy is now on all the big um, launch events of these companies. Um, and it's, it's, it's just become so 
pressing for them to fix some of these issues and to cre create more private uh, functions within and private experiences within these platforms um, that I would say it actually turned to the better because cause it is ultimately the users that drive how these platforms are used at the end. Uh, when we were talking at the uh, at our end of year show, we, we looked back and said that trust was the, the big word of 2018. And I think it's fair to say that that message ha has landed. Yes, yes. And um, absolutely. And I would say it, it now, uh, trust is still that big umbrella, but it's a big term. Like conceptually, trust is, is, is almost too too hard to to grasp so most most uh, debates fall back to privacy so that's the big the big um the big term and and if we if we look at last year's um development one big company obviously facebook um the biggest social network provider their last event the f8 event event that they they run um had privacy written all over it and uh they they, they're doing some interesting stuff now, such as taking away the news feed because that's a huge mess and going more into like chat-based groups where this idea is that you, you're, you're in your living room or with friends and you have groups. Um, however, privacy is interesting, the term, because the way some companies use it is private. they use privacy as an experience but not privacy as in you control and own your data. So again, the word privacy is also used or marketed in different ways that maybe some people would like to see it being used. I think that's a really interesting distinction um, that you raise there between data that's gathered in the first place and, and that you control and data, and data that just isn't gathered in the first place. Mm -hmm. uh, so one of the projects you're working on at the moment is uh, Helios, which is basically looking to I guess, reconstruct social media in a sense. Yeah, um, the core concept of Helios is, um, well, first of all, it's a European Union funded project, which is great. And we're really happy that we have that grant. Um, it's uh, it's a consortium of 14 partners all over Europe. Funding is uh, 5 million uh, over three years. And the European Union is very keen, in this case, the European Council, who funds the research, is very, very keen on pushing research in social media because most of the social media influence and and development is in the US so Europe kind of needs something for their own um and therefore it's it's great that we have this and the core concept which basically connects to your question before the core concept is can we design a system that does not need or does not require a centralized server so in all cases um all commercial um all commercially successful social media platforms have a central server which, which basically is like an intermediate between the content producer and the user, which then creates some kind of uh, promoted content and the advertisements and advertisement platforms and so forth. But can we actually create a platform that is completely decentralized, um, which means that there is no central server, but it still has the same capabilities and power in terms of functionality that a centralized system has? And can it also be commercially viable? That's what we're working on at the moment. And that's, that really is the challenge. I mean, when people look at an innovation, nowadays they think, okay, that's great. How can I turn it into a spin-out or a startup? Yeah. Uh, how can I monetize this so I, so I can keep the product developing, keep the, yeah. keep the interest going? Um, some of the technologies that, you, that you're looking at are quite interesting. Um, immediate, what immediately comes to mind uh, for me is um, uh, the use of blockchain. Yes, uh, so uh, if you could tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so one of the one of the big uh I would say innovation 
leaps in the last year um and it's and the public is obviously seeing that or hearing that in the term in terms of bitcoin is is the concept or the 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 research around blockchain um on which most cryptocurrencies are built but it doesn't have to be a currency so blockchain itself is basically just a ledger that registers all transactions um that could be between machines or between humans um and these this, these ledgers are are spread out to all kind of devices or anybody who's in a network so that the ledgers can't be hacked because there's too many places places you would hack at the same would have to hack at the same time so in social in the context of social technologies or social networks we would have transactions which are supposed which could be i i click like or i click comment Th- those would be social transactions um and those can be stored in a ledger and then those can be decentralized and those then can ensure that there is enough information there to actually continue the social interactions that you had before because in some cases social networks are used uh, also just to remember things so it's not like you you want this data to disappear sometimes you do um but in some cases it's like a photo album or it's like a nice history of conversation you had with someone over years and and they can all be social tra- they they would all be deemed as transactions and they can all go into a ledger and then they're all crypt- crypted so they're all protected um and at the same time can't be hacked or or somehow leaked or exploited by anyone who wants to do some harm with that. Mm. When you de- when you describe a network that way it sounds like it lends itself uh, very well to managing sort of small clusters of tight relationships um as opposed to you know large groups based on shallow interactions uh, would that be accurate? Yes um that's that's one of the core concepts as well with Helios so with Helios we're looking also at um how can we create networks social networks that are similar to the way the brain does it so if you meet someone at a party or at a conference um you your your brain somehow creates a synaptic connection and remembers that person and the context in which you met that person and at the same so you're, you're building a an ad hoc your brain is building ad hoc social networks constantly when you're moving through through your day and through the spaces that you're you're spending your time in um and your brain manages hundreds of these networks like all the people in your work all the people in in your private life and the cafes and so like us the us sitting here is is a small ad hoc social network um and and in in Helios we're researching specifically that how can we use these small networks so instead of having one large network with like a thousands of so-called friends and you don't know where you met them what the context was you just have these faces and photos showing up on your app um Helios is looking at hundreds of small networks that constantly change and some connections could be forgotten if you don't meet that person for years or the interaction is very weak um and similar then as how the brain does it and and that that uh, that then creates really interesting challenges because you could have someone who's your friend but also your colleague but in terms of trust you'll maybe trust that person as a colleague with with amazing things because you know he does his job really good i trust him but as a friend you wouldn't even trust him with your dog mm. you know so so you get you get really interesting things because you have within so you could have the same person in different of in different networks in different contexts even though it's the same person you would have a different type of interaction and that's really really interesting research we're doing in Helios in relation to ad hoc social networks um, 
And that there's a, a, a sort of an offshoot of that idea that you're working with uh, called Heliosphere, uh, which effectively is creating these ad hoc networks for, for a period of, what, two, three hours? Uh, yes, yes, yes. So so as a, as a spin-off almost of Helios, um, we created an independent project. So it's, 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 it's inspired by Helios um, and inspired also by the challenge of, of social media or social networks and these applications moving so fast and also the perception and the requirements and necessities and the needs that the public has for these platforms are moving so fast that we as scientists need to understand that. So we came up with this concept called Heliosphere. Um, we pop a 360-degree camera in the middle of a table. We have then an online live feed where the public can participate in a live debate um, that is seated around a small table around this camera and also has uh, an audience in another circle around that table again. Um, and, and that then just allows us to, as a scientist, not just to educate and speak to the public and tell them about what we're doing, but also to, to get an interaction that they also tell us how what experiences they made, what they would like to see, what they would like to have, what, what works and what doesn't work. And that does create a nice a lovely bubble, like a, a sphere. And as you said, like an ad hoc network almost of uh, people that all have the same concern but come from different angles. And it's, and it's just a lovely, we also call it a clash of ideas. You just have this, this lovely mess or clash in this sphere. And, and we did it in, in the science gallery to, to launch it, which was great. We did it with a couple of artists and last weekend at the writers conference in Dublin. Um, so it's, it's a lovely concept just to get, uh, citizen science, uh, moving and, and just getting that interaction, um, from the public as well. And as a way to get people thinking about science, uh, how do you find the discussion format or the network format lends itself to different, uh, for want of, you know, the problem of repeating myself, different levels or layers of experience uh, and making difficult topics quite palatable to people? Um, I gather there's an element of moderation and pre-moderation involved Yes, yes. Um, so, so what we, what we usually do for, 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 for these topics, we would usually have one or two scientists, uh, there. So it's kind of nice that we have the Helios network because those 14 partners, like the, with the artists, we did that in Barcelona and the Masana Arts, uh, and Design School. And we were able to get a few design students, uh, at the table, uh, and, and share the debate. And then we had a few, we had a few people from the public and it's a nice little mix of different minds. Um, and you just as setting up the concept, you just have to be aware that you, you get a few people into the room that scientifically know about the, the topic, but also have the ability to communicate it, that they don't start going off with very complicated concepts or they're able to take those apart because sometimes it is important for the public just to understand those things a bit more. Like, okay, the word blockchain is, everybody's talking about blockchain, but what is that actually? Because it's not Bitcoin, it's something mm-hmm. different. Um, and th- th- those those things are really nice. So in terms of moderation, the, the pre-moderation of the preparation is actually just to get the right people into the room, uh, keep the debate alive and just get the public to engage because there is a camera on the table and that gets people also to be a bit shy that, that they don't want to then kind of come close to the middle table or just, and that's why we have the live commenting system where they can come in and, 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 and just uh, chat into this. Uh, and there we hadn't, we didn't have it yet, but obviously there's a slight concern that if this concept grows, there could be a bit of spamming into the comment stream. We might, might have to moderate that then that, that if, if people send stupid comments that we can kick those out. 
Uh, because you see it uh, uh, in everything from, you know, sports to, to politics. Whenever there's an opportunity for people to get very emotional or passionate about something, there's yeah. there's an opportunity to be offensive or to troll or, or what yeah. have you. Yeah, yeah. But we, we do we do uh, video all this. So it's heliosphere.social is the website. Um, we also do one-on-one conversations. So sometimes if there's a scientist or a member of the public that, that just wants to have a conversation directly with us, um, then, then we have similar to this podcast just we put a camera there as well um, and then uh, we, we upload those videos. So there's about 10 or 12 videos there now with one-on-one conversations with specific topics within social media. Um, and it's just it's just nice also as a scientist to have that interface to the public and, and talk with, with, with very passionate members of, the, of, of our society, specifically European society, about these topics and how we can shape the, the research of the future to ultimately help societies to be get to get better because that's that's what we're actually doing we just want to make sure we all as a, as a society evolve so we have to all kind of model together with it in as novel a way as possible to <laughs> yes. get people to engage yes yes, yeah. yes and interesting and new and fresh like we we put in a we put in a proposal uh, into um into uh, the science foundation ireland's uh, discovery um uh track which hopefully gets us some funding to do this with transition year students so that they learn to debate and and specifically focus on stem topics which is science technology engineering and maths um and and if we get that funding we can we can do this then with like teenagers and and younger members of the of the society and that'll be great because that'll get them more into like presenting themselves camera work debating arguing and and not arguing but debating about science and science topics Developing uh, what well, what they like to call soft skills. Yeah, yeah, mm. and uh, it's really important because uh, and but a lot and that's maybe also a positive side with social media because we're all now becoming um, we're all becoming presenters and we're actually becoming uh, almost it's like civil journalism. So we, we're be- we're becoming journalists, we're becoming presenters, we're we're almost becoming actors in a way in in a play that we're designing, um, and and it's interesting to see how how now. People that use social media have become so good in presenting themselves and how they look, how they speak. Uh, and that's a good side, actually, because it helps communicate to to a broader stream of people um, through these mediums. And that was Niall Kitson chatting with Kevin Coidle from the Adapt Centre for Digital Content Research. And you were like a child at Christmas coming out of that interview because what was the bit that you just went, that's exactly what this podcast is about? Well, it's just the point at which he was talking about how social networks can mimic networks in the brain. I, I just, yeah. That's it. It's on the money. And that is what this podcast is. And in fact, actually, another thing is everybody's going out about how popular podcasting is. And podcasting, where's that? We've been here, what? 10, 11 years. 10 years. <sighs> So the stuff you're hearing today, folks. Yeah. We were there first. <laughs> Listen, that is almost it for our show this week. Uh, just one more thing before we go, and that is our one more thing we could get into the podcast, but is online. What is it? Yeah, apparently Microsoft is getting into Android apps. Remember, you can get the lowdown on that and all things tech in Ireland with early updates, daily newsletters and more at our website, techcentral.ie. Of course, listen to us each week online or Fridays on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extrons. Next time, from myself to Stuart's Afanal Kitson, thanks so much for listening and have a great weekend. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by DigitalAudioProductions.com. Tech Central.